Finishing the 39th chapter, Lishma. Lishma means for its own sake, for God's sake, for goodness sake. Love and fear, which means the desire to be, to have a bond connection. And the flip side of that is the desire not to be disconnected, not to lose that bond. It's the concept of love and fear that we're speaking about towards God. Which can, by the way, can be also used for other relationships, of course. Primary relationship where we have, when we can deal with God that way, then we can deal with our other relationships likewise in a healthy way. So that is Lishma. Because if you love God, then you're going to do something for Him. You don't do something for anybody unless you love them. Now, the love doesn't have to be, um, you know, like different levels of love. Um, but you won't do it for them. And others, you, you might do something kind, but you're doing it for yourself. Not really doing it for them. Not for their sake. So it doesn't mean you can't do kindness. You can't do wonderful, good things. But it's all self-directed. It's for yourself, ultimately. So, here we're t- that's what we're talking about. Now, so today, in this concept of Lishma, the Altarebbe brings up, however, what happens when someone engages in Torah, like we're doing right now, and, and it's explicitly not Lishma for its own sake, meaning to bond, to connect with God. But there's an ulterior motive, like self-glorification. So, for example, you know, um, in many yeshivas, the way they got students to learn was, oh, you you got a great mind. You could become a great Rosh Yeshiva. You could become a great, you know, um, teacher of Torah. And, you know, you could become great. Now, there's no question that greatness in Torah is greater than being great, you know, actor in Hollywood, no, no doubt, you know, when finding your greatness and, you know, oh, the honor that you get as, you know, a singer or actor or, you know, a great wealthy person, which, of course, that's quite obviously for self-absorbed purposes. But here we're talking about someone, you know, studying for scholarship so they can be more honored or just even to become a scholar. I'm a scholar. I'm a scho- you know, even, you know, for yourself. Well, that's self-directed. That's not lishma. That's not doing it for Hashem. That's doing it for yourself. So therefore, the motivation, which is derived from klipas noiga, clothes itself in the Torah study. Now, you have to remember, you're learning Torah, which is inherently holy. It's holy. But yet your intention is clothing clothing that holy act of study Torah with klipa, klipa snaika, which means that that study of Torah now is kind of in a state of exile within klipa. But that's only temporary. That's only a temporary reality, that it's in a state of klipa, of a shell, covering over it, until the person does tshuva. They do 
penitence, repentance. And then when you return to Hashem, the Torah, which is inherently holy, but then was in a state of exile, returns with that person from the klipa, that covering, to godliness, to holiness. Wow. Therefore, continues, the Alter Rebbe says, that our sages say in the Talmud that one should always engage in Torah, Torah study, and doing mitzvahs, even even when you're doing it not for the right reason, for ulterior motives. For out of doing it for not the right reasons, you will, as the um, Al-Tarebbe adds a word here to the words of the sages, certainly arrive to doing the study of Torah and the observance of the of mitzvahs, lishma, for its ultimate intent, right? Which is to connect to God. So since it's certain that you will ultimately do tshuva, powerful words, you will ultimately do tshuva. Now he says, whether in this incarnation or another incarnation, and others, and it may not be in your lifetime, but it will be your soul will do tshuva. That study of Torah will be elevated. Now, why is it that you will for sure do this? Why? Who says you're going to do tshuva? Maybe not. Because, as it says, that no one will be banished before God because of their sins. In other words, ultimately, we will do tshuva, we will repent. Now, that's if you learn Torah for ulterior motives, for self fulfillment, for self-actualization, for, you know, being a scholar, being honored, and, and so on, right? But what, what happens, which might be often the case, so when you kind of study Torah, not with an ulterior motive, that this is going to make me a full, whole person, this is going to make me scholarly. This is going to make me emotionally balanced. This is going to do for me, and so on, right? Which is, which when you know, if it comes to a self-help book, that's okay. But here we're talking about Torah. It's God's holiness. It's God's, it's godly stuff. So it needs to remain in a godly realm, meaning lishma. Do it for the bond and the connection with God. That God wants, that's what he needs from us. This study, this mitzvah. Now, so what happens if you're doing it not lishma, not with the right motive, but not with the wrong motive either, right? In other words, kind of like, uh, you know, you give charity, you know, on autopilot. You study to, uh, Tanya every day. Why? Why do you study Tanya every day? Well, it's part of the routine. It became rote. So there isn't so much a an intent of doing it to connect with Hashem, to do what Hashem needs from me. There isn't that awareness, but yet there isn't the negative intent either. So such a person, so that study is not in klipa, therefore you don't have to do tshuva, you don't have to do penitence, but rather the next time the person reviews that subject, and they do it lishma for its own sake, meaning to bond and to connect with Hashem. 
even though when you studied it neutrally before that study that was previously in such a manner now that you do it for with the right intent it will soar on high attaching itself to the divine attributes as we spoke about previously why why would that be is because there's no klipas neige here that was enclosed. It wasn't an exile in that study. It wasn't covered over. It just didn't have wings to make it propel. So it was like in no man's land. Right? It was in no man's land. And therefore, it just needs, you know, proper intent to take that which didn't have wings to make it fly on high. In conclusion of this chapter, the alternative is, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, he's, therefore, he says, one should always, therefore, occupy themselves in Torah study and doing mitzvahs, even if it's not for the right reason, because ultimately, you will come to do it for the right reason. You will do it, ultimately. Right? You will get there. The same is true when it comes to prayer without intent, without kavana, as it says in the Zohar. And it explains over there that an amazing idea and conclusion of this chapter that if throughout the year you take the different parts of the prayers and you have intent very you know you're very focused and have intent to connect to Hashem and you're focused in that prayer then if you weren't intent other times let's say in saying Ashrei or you know Yishtabach or, or the Shema it will take all of the other times that you weren't and elevate it through that one time. So in a sense, you can get a piecemeal prayer throughout the year that once you did it right, that will elevate all the other times. Because when it comes to prayer, you're not doing it for the for an ulterior motive. Learning and other mitzvahs you can do for ulterior motive, but prayer just might be lacking the lishma to connect so if you did it once throughout the year the amida even piecemeal it will be elevated um it will be elevate elevate every other shema that you said throughout the year it's a powerful idea